0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined, as always, by my man, David Lake. Today, we got a special guest joining us, and I think if you're a betting man, you're going to like this man a lot. Alan Bell with Sportsline. Alan is an analyst, handicapper, uh,
1: kind of a do-it-all for Sportsline. Alan, how you doing?
2: And I'm doing good. You-
1: doing well. Ready for some football right around the corner. I know Andrew's probably going to be taking notes down during this podcast. Everything you say, um, I'd be careful with that. <laughs> it, he's definitely more of a betting man than I am. But it's definite. It's it is interesting analytics to follow and know, just as a writer, because very rarely is is Vegas or betting lines. Are they wrong? And there's a reason why it's a business. So, you know, I think my perspective is a Homer perspective and, and on Miami and you can bring kind of the cold, hard facts, analyst perspective to the fan base that's listening to this podcast. So I'm excited to, to dig in.
2: Yeah, I am too, man. I, I, it's a pleasure to work with you guys, man. I'm excited.
1: I guess, Alan, why don't you kind of intro
0: explain what you do, what Sportsline is. Um, I mean, you used to work for 24-7 Sports, so uh, just kind of, I guess, detail. Give us the Spark notes or Wikipedia bio on, on what you do.
2: Yeah, definitely. So uh, work with Sportsline. Sportsline is the, uh, the gambling data information uh, kind of arm uh, for CBS, CBS Sports, you know, our entire Viacom family. Uh, you know, about six, six and a half years ago, Uh, Came to 24-7 Sports, started the NFL, uh, you know, organization there. And then about two years ago, roughly, when CBS purchased uh, 24-7 Sports, we went to a model of 24-7 being uh, exclusive recruiting college. Uh, All pro sports moved to CBS so that, you know, the brands could provide, you know, it'd be that exclusive, uh, you know, version of themselves. So... Went over to the CBS side, uh, liked what Sportsline was doing. So we cover, um, you know, analytics. We cover gambling. Um, and there's so much more when I say cover. You know, uh, we'll grade bets for you. We, we, we process every single piece of data you can think of. Uh, it's, it's wide. It, its arm is wide. But, um, yeah, in a nutshell, that's essentially what we do.
0: Well, sports has been kind of crazy uh, since the NBA – Major League Baseball, NHL, they've all restarted. And I know we're going to talk primarily college football with you, as this is a college football podcast. But have you learned anything about sports in 2020? Just kind of given the changes, you're in a bubble, some people aren't. Like, has there been any trends or anything you guys have noticed that, uh, like, is the public just crushing bets if if you bet overs or anything like that?
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Scoring is up. And, you know, coming into it, and what I mean by that is, that it is across the board. You know, you look at uh, Major League Baseball, you look at, uh, you know, the NBA, even the NHL. So I'll give you a perfect example. Generally, the NHL uh, in a game, the uh, the total is going to be about five. And that's that's been the standard for years, right? What we've seen since the return and the bubble of the NHL playoffs is that that total has now moved to around point six 5.7 and that doesn't sound like a lot but it is you know in a in a sport where you know literally games are decided by one uh goal um it, it's been massive so what we've seen is that scoring is up and you you know i don't know if football is going to hold true we'll find out soon enough um but you, you would kind of think that you know defense pitching you know would be much more of an importance which i'm not saying that it's not uh, but yeah scoring has been up across the board Uh, So we'll see if football holds true, but everything else has. That's really the biggest learning factor that that we've had, you know, since this entire like quarantine sports summer.
1: How about like, okay, for instance, with Miami, they have a limited capacity this season. It's going to be 13,000 fans at home games. How much are you factoring in that limited capacity in college football? You know, maybe around the country, not just Miami, but... You know what kind what kind of difference is that going to make? Do you yeah think, right? yeah uh, it's a
2: great question. You know uh, obviously we cover a lot of the NFL as well, um, and they're dealing with the same thing. To where you're going to see you know the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know can are looking at holding you know a certain percentage in their stadium where most NFL cities aren't at all at least for the month of September, right? So you know kind of the standard has always been you know, roughly two and a half points, three points is about where your home field advantage lies. So we're going to find out, um, you know, if, if that really holds true or not. And, and, you know, I wish I had a concrete answer answer for you. We don't. And, and that's yeah. the thing. Vegas doesn't. We don't. No one does because it's so unprecedented, right? But I think that it's going to – I think it's going to hold true a little more in college than the NFL. I, I think college will absolutely have a little bit of a factor uh, in terms of it. You know, we'll see. And it sounds weird, like even talking about like, uh, are bands going to be allowed? Right? Like, there's all kinds of little things that go into it. You know, right. that might play a factor. So, I, I think it's going to hold somewhat true. Um, but again, you know, it, it's it's a learning it's a learning curve for everyone. You know, um, we're going to find out – we're going to find out how much, you know, road trips for teams that travel, you know, a a good amount. Like, and again, not to go back to the NFL, but like the Seattle Seahawks, they have the worst road travel schedule this season to where they're traveling 29,000 miles this season and the Baltimore Ravens are traveling 6,000 miles. Like, that much of a difference, right? So, not to use the NFL – I know, we're you know, we're talking college ball, but again – You know, how much does this play into a factor, especially now where teams are only playing, you know, pretty exclusive, uh, you know, just conference games, which are all going to be somewhat, you know, geographically located close.
0: I guess kind of shifting towards the Miami Hurricanes, uh, I just want to really know what an outsider – what their perspective would be on, I guess Miami, you know right now, I think William and Hill has the hurricanes with the third best odds to win the ACC. I haven't seen any win totals posted. I mean, I've seen some locals with like seven and a half wins. Uh, so I guess just are you bullish on, on Miami, or are you buying? Are you selling, or do you not really know?
2: Well, I, I, I'm buying, and I'll say this, uh, pretty much everyone else. Uh, Vegas-wise, odds line are buying, too. So uh, you were right in terms of, you know, uh, Miami and their odds of winning the, uh, the ACC. Uh, they're coming third, plus 1,200. Uh, Notre Dame is second, plus 650. Clemson, the, uh, the leader, at minus 400. If you talk about win totals, Clemson at 10.5. Notre Dame, 8.5. Miami, 7.5. So, again, right around that third slot is where kind of the consensus of where Miami is going to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like everyone's pretty bullish on, on, on on you know, the Hurricanes this year, even though last year, you know, didn't end perfectly, um, so to say. But, uh, you know, if you look across the board in the ACC, Miami's getting a lot of love.
1: In general, I'm just curious in general, big picture-wise, on how you're viewing teams going into this season, are there certain uh, checkpoints or or markers that – that you're valuing more so than usual, like a veteran quarterback, starting quarterback, or, you know, uh, offensive staff, or sorry, coaching staff in general, that's been together a while, uh, older teams are those things that, that you are valuing more this year than normal, uh, considering how the off season was and all that stuff. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if, if, if you guys watch that game, um, was it Saturday night, uh, Austin P Central Arkansas, right? Like we saw, you know, at least in the beginning, um, you know, two teams that really showed that there hasn't been much of a fall camp, right? Like, and, and, you know, it's not like the NFL where players could, you know, purchase their, you know, their own gyms in their house and work out. There's a lot of college students that probably didn't have access to weight rooms, you know, when everything was quarantined, right? So it, it a big, big factor coming into this year is going to be, you know, do you have a veteran quarterback? What is, you know, the offensive consistency that's coming back from last year to this year? What does your coaching staff look like? Did you have a lot of changes? Did you put a lot of players, uh, you know, in the NFL draft? Like you look at LSU, you know, they put I think 14 players in the NFL draft and not that LSU is going to be bad by any means, but that's a lot of talent to replace with not a lot of really, you know, really practice time, right? So it kind of goes into all that, you know, what does your offensive line look like? Like I, I think that, It's hard to quantify, you know, what offensive lines, you know, get in terms of, you know, point percentages, et cetera, things like that. But any type of consistency you have uh, is going to be extremely important, especially if your slate to start the year, um, you know, could be pretty difficult. And, you know, just looking at Miami's schedule, UAB to, you know, kick things off. But then you jump right into Louisville, Florida State, Clemson, Pittsburgh, like that slate right there, especially at the beginning, incredibly important. Uh, if you have, you know, more returners than not.
1: So I'm curious, like, in Miami's situation, it's kind of a mix of both, right? Like, they have a veteran quarterback in Derek King, uh, who's been through a ton of games, uh, by all accounts, is a good leader, all that stuff that matters. But, you know, obviously, he's new to the team. And Miami has a new offensive coordinator. So I'm curious like which would you kind of value more when you're like weighing out those pros and cons yeah
2: definitely so you know I, I think that with that you know that that's that's a good place to be for Miami but also there are challenges you know they're they going come with that just in terms of you know routes timing um, you know with his wide receivers even with his center right like I mean I, I know that that sounds dumb but you know those those type of things do matter um, I, I think you know a big importance that, that can help is how do you run the ball I, I think that you know we're gonna see that you know, running the football, playing defense really does travel, and it's going to be incredibly important this year. So, you know, whatever the run game is going to look like, especially early, could be a huge, huge factor, uh, you know, and help with that. But, again, I'm with you, you know, with, even though, you know, Derek King is, you know, on a new team, he's a guy who's played. Like, it, that, that's a huge difference than, you know, putting in, you know, uh, a red shirt sophomore or something, you know, to who's been with the team, but hasn't really played at all. I mean, you know, Derek's not going to be you know, nervous out there per se. Like he, he knows the game. He knows what he's doing. So I, I think that that's going to play well. Uh, and I think his adjustment will be just fine.
0: Mitt speaking of D'Erik, uh updated Heisman race odds as, as wild as this sounds Derek, who's never taken a snap for Miami right, right. now is in the, top five you know justin fields and the big big ten are out uh so Trevor trevor lawrence the heavy favorite followed by spencer rattler at oklahoma and then there's three guys tied um at, at plus 1400 Derek king miles brennan and sam ellinger uh does do you as a handicapper like think there's value in that or uh i guess how do you kind of view the heisman race and what should be a very strange and unusual season <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's going to be odd for sure. No, I mean, there, there certainly is value. I mean, there's even value at Trevor Lawrence, you know, at plus 200, you know, as the leader, right? So anytime that you're betting a future, you're going to get value there. But if you get past, you know, Lawrence at one, Spencer Radler, you know, at number two at plus 900, you know, that's a massive number, right? I mean, you know, $10 can win you $90, right? So, I mean, you're going to find value uh, across the board. But again, you know, now it comes down to, you know, what are the Heisman voters going to look at, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's the same award, you know, it's not like it's going to be, you know, terribly different in terms of how they, uh, you know, vote on it, judge it, et cetera, things like that. But, you know, th- there's not those big marquee, um, you know, out-of-conference type games, you know, that usually are, you know, the indicator or, you know, the, the it, it can win you the award or it can lose you the award, right? So I, I think that, you know, anything – to where you look at how these guys, you know, are going to perform, you know, in their conference. But also, you know, we, we also know the recency kind of, I don't want to use the word bias, but, you know, recency bias plays into the Heisman, especially late, right? So if you're looking at a De'Eric King and, you know, you get past that, you know, Virginia Tech game on November 14th, and then you end the season with Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, North Carolina... Well, you've got some opportunity Georgia Tech and Wake Forest to really kind of run up some numbers, right? So if he's in his groove, uh, that's an opportunity to really show off what he's doing. And then if you're going to end it with North Carolina, you know, possibly going into a conference championship game, however they, you know, they work that out, you know, that's kind of that marquee game, right? So it, 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 you got to look at everyone's schedule, you have to look at, you know, where the where these teams are playing their marquee games. It's going to be tough. But again, feel good and happy that you know Derek is there sitting in the third spot which we just talked about Miami being in the third as well um, I mean it just goes to show the respect that, that not only he but the Hurricanes as a whole are getting.
0: I think there's this theory out there uh, and I've heard it from uh, on multiple platforms over, over the past couple of seasons like are you lighting money on fire if you bet a running back to win the Heisman? <laughs>
2: It's a good question. It's a lot like the NFL MVP award, right? Because it's pretty much just been a quarterback award. But I think, you know, this year, no. I, I, I think that this year would be the opportunity to do it because, again, it's going to be so odd that, you know, you might have, you know, you, here's the hard part is that, and I'm not being negative about it, I'm just stating an obvious, we don't know if all these conferences are going to finish, right? Like, yeah. you know, how? what happens if, say, The ACC does fine. It goes through its schedule. The Big 12 does fine. And the SEC doesn't. Like, whatever reason, like, the SEC finishes half their season. So you're going to knock all those players out. So, I mean, I I think that, you know, it's not lighting your money on fire. Understand that, you know, when you place money on it that it's a flyer bet. Don't put a ton down. But – the good with that is that you don't have to put a ton down. If you're looking, you know, at a, you know, a, a, any player that's basically over, you know, plus 1,000, I mean, that, that, that's, that's just monstrous value that you're going to get anyway. So, no, I, I don't believe in that theory, although I understand how difficult it is for a non-QB to win it.
0: And then I just sticking with the Heisman, do you have a, 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 a dark horse candidate that you kind of like uh, in, in 2020?
2: You know, not really. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence obviously is going to be the easy name to say, right? Like, I mean, that, that's going to be the easy one just because he's head and shoulders, quote unquote, kind of bred for this award more than anybody else. I think Rattler's a good choice. I think Derek King's a good choice. You know, Sam Ellinger plus 1,400, depending on what they do. Mac Jones plus 1,600 at Alabama because, again, Here's another part. What we're going to see this season is we're going to see a focus on the big teams, at least nationally. And I know that that's like that every year, but you're going to see it even more. You're going to see Clemson highlighted more. You're going to see Alabama highlighted more, Uh, you know, a Miami, um, you know, a Oklahoma, right? Like you're going to see these big brands that TV networks are going to push as much as possible because Big brands get big, they they get big, you know, TV ratings, right? So every, you know, broadcast from CBS to ESPN, ABC, Fox, whoever, they're going to look and try to put as many large brands as possible out there. So with that, you're going to see these bigger, you know, it's like that every year, but it's going to be even more. So what I mean by it is that the players that play on these large teams are going to get even more of a focus nationally uh, than they normally do. So I would look to big teams Um, You know, they're going to be playing those marquee games. They're just going to get so much more of a push uh, than guys that, you know, like a Texas tech, you know, something like
1: that. I'm curious, Alan, you know, in terms of like an ACC bet, maybe, maybe a futures bet to win the conference or an over under win total bet for ACC teams. Is there one team out there that you're kind of like, you know, either good or bad, you're surprised at the number that is set. Um, amongst the ACC teams?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, right? So, you know, if you look at, you know, let's look at that seven and a half number right there. Uh, you know, and you've got Miami seven and a half, North Carolina seven and a half, Virginia Tech seven and a half, um, you know, those three right there. So, Vegas, if you look at the juice that's with those, right? Miami, um, you know, minus 155 on the over, North Carolina minus 130 on the over, Virginia Tech minus 125 uh, on the over. So, what that tells you is that, you know, with that juice that's coming with it, Vegas looks and sees eight wins out of these these three teams, right? Because they're going to make you pay, you know, for the opportunity to bet the over. So, you know, Miami's sitting at, you know, from Vegas' perspective, a good opportunity to get to eight wins. Same thing with North Carolina. Same thing with Virginia Tech. The interesting thing is that all three of these teams, you know, they play each other, right? So, you know, it's going to kind of work itself out. But the biggest thing – is looking at your schedule, right, and, and the ACC is playing, what, 11 games, correct? So if you're looking at, you know, those 11 games, it's like this every year, but where does that one, you know, that one game that, that you know, could really define the season, you know, the, the, the win that you could pull out, the loss that, you know, you have to avoid at all costs. Like, it's going to be even more important, you know, for that style. So if you look at Miami's, uh, you know, schedule, that Louisville, Florida State, Clemson, Pittsburgh, you know kind of run you know it's going to be about the the most difficult portion of the season so what does that do with that Virginia game afterward right like where does the bye fall you know in terms of this year so there's no there's no clear-cut answer per se but you know you look at those three teams the juice that it's going to cost to bet the over uh and and how difficult their schedule is from a week-by-week perspective
0: Alan do you guys uh uh, is there a line out yet for this Miami UAB game? I know we're, I guess, what, 14 or 10 days away. I, I don't even know. Um, is, is there a line or do you have an idea of what it would be for, for that opener?
2: Yeah, we, we don't have a line yet. Um, William Hill doesn't have one, obviously. Uh, you know, our, our partner, you know, with everyone at 24-7, CBS, Sportsline, etc. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 we've seen some books, some offshore, you know, that have it around 15, 15 and a half, maybe even 16, depending on where you're shopping at. So that's going to be what you're looking at. Um, And again, you know, if you're looking to bet it, you know, here's the thing, you know, week one and week two is really about betters who know their team better than anybody, right? Because Miami fans listening to this are going to understand their team better than Vegas does. Now, Vegas has so many, you know, data points and everything else to look at, and they're usually pretty close. But that's where, you know, week one is where you're going to find your opportunity of saying, look, I know this team. I know how the offense is going to work per se. I've got a feeling, you know, they're going to throw up some points. I'm taking the 15 and a half. And then you watch week two because that's where the big adjustments come from. So say Miami comes out and just blows out UAB, you know, 25, 26, 27 points, whatever, well, in week two, then, you know, Miami, which, you know, might be a a six-point favorite, whatever, might now be a nine, ten-point favorite you know, because of that. So you say, all right, well, I might take the other side of this one. So that's about where it's sitting, 15 to 16, somewhere in there.
0: That Miami UAB game will be the only college game that night. It's going to be going up against the NFL. But you mentioned uh, teams like Miami, big program names, are are going to be featured in in these primetime slots, which I think means a lot of player props, no?
2: Yeah, absolutely it will. Um, and you'll you'll see it, especially with the De'Aaron King. I mean, you know, college is is difficult in terms of props because they just don't put a ton out there per se because they want you know they want to get people betting. They don't want to have risk out there. But with De'Aaron King being such a national player, yeah, he's gonna have a ton of them out there. You know, week to week.
0: And then correct me if I'm wrong, Alan. You guys at Sportsline do like game by game player projections. Is is that one of the features? I guess you you. I mean,
2: yeah, marquee I, features. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you go to a game forecast page at Sportsline, what we're going to do is we're going to project a score. We're going to simulate every single game 10,000 times. We're going to project a score. We're going to grade each bet, the spread, total, money lines from, you know, A grade being high, B, C, uh, you name it. But then also with it, we're going to, you know, go ahead and project uh, the, the statistics for each individual starter and player. Right. So, you know, if you play fantasy, you know, an NFL, NBA, if you play DFS or, you know, if you're looking at it from a you know, betting perspective of player props, absolutely. Like we're going to put out there, you know, uh, depending on position, you know, uh, yards, uh, you know, uh, passing, uh, you know, completion rates, et cetera, touchdowns, receptions, uh, rushing attempts, you know, you name it. So we're going to do it for every single player. Yeah, so, you know, make sure to check that out because again, it's something that really no other, you know, company in the industry provides to this level.
1: Yeah, Alan, I wanted to ask you just general college football national championship pick. Do you, do you have a team that, that you like? I mean, obviously everyone likes Clemson and I think that's fair and all that, but is there maybe, I don't know if dark horse is the term, but is there a team out there that's like, that intrigues you? Um, for the national championship race,
2: yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I- I'm definitely going to go with favorites. You know, on this, um, you know, I-, I think that you look at an Alabama. Uh, you know, with I know that they lost a lot of players, but, but they've got a good young defense coming in, and they're going to be loaded at the ru- at the running back position. Um, so I think Alabama's a solid bet with that. Um, but I-, I-, I think this is one of those to where, you know, it's kind of like the fell this year too, where you're going to have four or five teams at the top. And it's not a bad play to throw a little bit of money on kind of, you know, the f- the top five, top six, uh, because that's probably where it's going to be. So you might want to take a look at, you know, the top three projected finishes or finishers of each conference. So, you know, I would throw, you know, a little bit on Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma state, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, like those six right there you're probably going to fall exactly in that. And even if, obviously, you know, you, you know if the college football playoff, if you have only four get in, well, first off, you didn't throw a lot on each team, but the value, especially right now, is that you're going to get monster odds in your favor so that you can afford to lose, you know, five of them. If you just hit one, you know, especially a non-Clemson, non-Alabama, well, it's going to cover the cost of all of it. So that, that's exactly how I'd look at it this year. But you have to do it now. Like, don't wait until, you know, halfway into the season because those odds are going to – the favorites are just going to go to monster, like, you know, negative minus numbers and your value is going to be gone.
0: Alan, I know you only got, like, two more minutes here. Um, there is a college football s- s- midweek slate and a weekend slate. I-, I know it's still early, but is there any any uh, early leans that maybe you could share with uh, our listeners? Who Yeah, gamble? that's a
2: great – yeah, that's a great question, right? So, you know, we look at what's coming up, you know, the games that we have. We're going to see – gosh, we're, what? we're going to see Central Arkansas again, you know, here coming soon. But, you know, Thursday we've got two games that are up, um, you know. Or I, no, we've, yeah, we've got four games actually Thursday and then Saturday. I would take a look at, you know, Saturday. I'd take a look at that Middle Tennessee at Army game um, because I think that you're going to see not a ton of, you know uh, – Uh, juice, you know, really placed on Army because those teams really rarely ever get a ton of Vegas love. Uh, But I I, I can imagine what traveling is going to do this year, um, especially very early in week one. So I would take a look at home favorites for sure. Uh, The hard part is that you're just not going to get a ton of, you know, just value data there. Like you look at like an Arkansas State Memphis, you know, obviously Memphis is going to pound Arkansas State, but what number are you going to get that at, right? Are you going to get it at 25, 26, 27? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like crazy that sticks out per se, but I would look at Army. I'd look at, you know, at Navy Monday, um, you know, the, the, the 7th of September. You know, teams like that, teams that run the ball and that play at home, just keep an eye on those odds because that's really where you're probably going to get it for week one because passing is just going to be extremely brutal for for anybody. So anybody can play defense and keep the ball on the ground. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of value for there.
0: Well, that seems like it's going to be Miami's formula, so Miami fans <laughs> should be excited. Uh, before you go, just real quick, uh, plug where we can find your work or how to subscribe to, to Sportsline, and we'll, then we'll get you out of here.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at allenbell247. Uh, Sportsline. Just hit up sportsline.com right now. Uh, we've got a great promotion going. Um, you know, you can join your first month only a dollar. Use promo code BELL B E L L, and you get everything: NFL, NBA. We've got fantasy. Uh, cheat sheets.
0: Well, Alan, we appreciate you taking the time to talk some gambling with us. Thank you, appreciate you guys.
2: Thanks for having me, man. Yeah.
0: Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend
2: another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back. David, Alan seems to be super high on uh, teams that can run the ball in 2020. And the entire time he was talking about that, I was thinking about how you on previous podcasts have been pounding the table about how you think the strength of Miami's offense will be that rushing attack. So, uh, reason to be even more
1: excited. I think if you're a Miami fan. Yeah. And I think that does make sense logically, right? Um, this off season hasn't been ideal in terms of passing games, getting on the same page. Uh, you know, it's, and it's beyond honestly the receivers and quarterback getting on the same page, uh, pass protection, also is an area of the game that just takes a lot of reps where, you know, compared to what the offensive line is asked to do when they run block, it's basically, you know, fire off the ball and move the guy in front of you. So it's a lot simpler, obviously, to run the ball than it is to pass the ball. So I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, over the weekend, I wrote an article uh, on the website where I highlighted, uh, you know, five stats that I'm fairly confident Miami's going to make a, you know, an improvement. And I think in a lot of ways, a significant improvement. And one of those stats was the rushing offense. And, you know, the main reason is because of Rhett Lashley's track record with featuring running backs. He of course runs a spread offense. We know this. Um, It's kind of a mix between the Gus Malzahn run spread and the air raid uh, that, that, he definitely learned a little bit more under Sonny uh, Dykes at SMU. So, you know, the last eight, I think six of the last eight years uh, where Rhett Lashley has been an offensive coordinator, he's featured a thousand yard running back. And the vast majority of those years, he the offense has been a top 40 team when it comes to running the ball. So we've talked about in the past how we feel like Cam Harris is gonna be a solid, steady, dependable, number one running back as that junior, that veteran. And then Miami's gonna incorporate two talented freshmen in Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney. I think Jalen has a chance to be a you know quote unquote freshman All-American at the end of the season. We'll see how that plays out. Um, and Don Chaney is also a very, very talented guy. It just seems like right now Knighton might be a, a nudge ahead of him in terms of transitioning to the college level. So you're right, you know, listening to him uh, talk about bet teams that will run the ball, to me, makes a ton of sense. Rhett Lashley makes it clear he definitely wants to run the ball. And, and when you combine these running backs with the running ability also of Derek King, um, you know, if, if the passing look isn't there, Derek King can tuck and run and pick up yards as a scrambler as well. So uh, I definitely think it definitely, you know, everything Alan said definitely uh, plays well into what Miami's going to be this year.
0: Jalen Knighton, speaking of him, uh, made the preseason all freshman 24 7 sports uh, team yeah. that was released on Monday. There's also a lot of other like Florida based kids on that list, which seems to be the case every year so maybe we should stop ranking all these Florida kids uh so low
1: yeah I mean you know it makes sense Jalen has generated a lot of buzz uh this camp and if you're a Miami fan you knew that was the case dating back to March during that one week of spring football where Jalen was also generating a ton of buzz but he's been one of the star performers of the uh, first two scrimmages of camp and you know we talked we talked to people on and off the record, just, you know, name a freshman that's going to have a good year this year. Pretty much across the board, everyone says Jalen Knighton. Greg Rousseau yeah. said it in the podcast a couple weeks ago, right? So yeah. I think he's definitely going to be the real deal. Um, going to be a fun guy to watch, uh, produce, and, and develop here over the next three years.
0: Uh, one other thing I wanted to Kind of tackle or dive into. Blake Baker was on 560 WQAM on Monday morning and he did not hold back um, (laughs) his comments about some of Miami's players. I think you would have to be pretty excited. uh, Yeah.
1: Or he is. I mean, he got some people amped up. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Coach Baker is definitely a, a coach that gives great quotes. So love it from a media standpoint. Uh, thank you, Coach Baker. But definitely had high praise for Jalen Phillips, the defensive end that's, uh, you know, been thrust into the starting lineup with Greg Russo opting out. Jalen Phillips was is a UCLA transfer, former number one overall recruit in the country, transferred to Miami due to various reasons, mainly being, Uh, injury nagging injuries that you know made him kind of fall out of love with football and then also a coaching change so transferred to Miami last year uh, needed to sit that season out due to transfer rules and it also worked out too because he just had to rebuild his body he arrived at Miami weighing 225 pounds he's now up to 270 pounds looking good with his build Um, Baker's you know Baker didn't hold back when, when talking about him this morning on, on his appearance during the Joe Rose Show. He said, quote, I think he is going to shock the world when we get to play here in a couple of weeks. So basically, uh, you know, putting on a ton of expectations on Jalen. I, I agree, to be honest, you know, everything I've heard, you know, Jalen's in for a big year. I think it it would have been crazy to think about what their defensive end rotation would have been with Greg Rousseau. But I think in a lot of ways, we'll see how this plays out, but here's a hot take. I think they're going to uh, replace a first round pick with a first round pick. So uh, Jalen Phillips is, I think, going to have a very, very good year. I should have asked Alan where I can get
0: odds on guys <laughs> to be selected in the first round of, a, of an NFL draft. No, I mean, it's. I will say this, I was having a conversation with someone over the weekend and we were talking about Miami's win total and I I just, I think Miami's like defensive line is going to be fine and it's yeah. just with what the guys they have and I think that's going to be super important in this season and given the quarterbacks they're going up against, so it's exciting. Uh, another thing, David, that kind of came out, not came out over the weekend, but one of our colleagues inside the twenty four seven sports network, Mike Roach, he writes for Horns two four seven. He sent us not only some audio on Elijah Arroyo, but some video and some photos. And Elijah Arroyo, of course, is Miami's uh, top twenty four seven tight end commit out of Texas. He's at Frisco Independence. Me and you said on that Chase Smith reaction podcast that we think he's probably like the number three player in Miami's class. Yeah. And um, the photos and video are pretty dang impressive like arroyo is listed at 6'4 210 he's now up to 230
1: pounds and he looks like an absolute beast yeah he's definitely you can tell in these recent photos and clips that he has thickened up in a good way compared to what his junior film looked like last year right which is kind of how it should go um and he still moves very very well very fluid mover so uh, you know, the tradition of Miami adding athletic mismatches at tight end continues. I, you know, he, he is thicker, I think, than Will Mallory, but I still think that's a pretty good comp just because of the way he can move. But again, he is kind of further along in terms of being thicker at the same stage. Do you agree?
0: No, he, he definitely is. Um, I think my player comp from is Jordan Leggett, who was at – yeah. Uh, to Clemson. Yeah. And I, I think Gabe Brooks stole it from me. He's the one who wrote the, uh, player, player of Val. Uh, no, I, I just think like there was a big debate on our message board about how much the guy actually weighed. Like, I don't think it really matters. Um, yeah. David Feely's going to get him right. I just thought it was encouraging to see that he has bulked up and added some mass in that upper half. And he's a guy who will probably be able to also block, and not just be more of a a
1: tight end that's split out like Will Mallory. Right. And, you know, combining him with with Khalil Brantley, who, you know, is is more of a H-back type-ish tight end, I think. But he's a guy that can also line up in the slot, and he's thick enough to be effective in the run game as a blocker too. So the versatility at tight end is always a good thing makes it very, very tough for defenses to know what to expect uh, pre-snap because it makes you just even more balanced um, as an offense. So, you know, we talk about how I think you and I both feel like this this recruiting class is the real deal. And the more and more we learn about it, is he, you know, they don't have very many out-of-state guys. It's like him and Thomas Davis right yeah so you know we don't necessarily get to see him in person but uh those clips and those videos those clips and those photos are are certainly encouraging
0: it's the power of the 24 7 sports network man yes Uh, we can't see it someone else can make it work and it's funny mike roach was like telling me that he was going to watch some quarterback throw and elijah arroyo was there and i was like painting my bathroom and i'm like uh he's he's like the yeti not uh, yeah. not the yeti because i said that for chase smith but i'm like we don't really we know much photos. yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm like miami's pissed because his profile picture he's wearing an auburn lanyard can you get a yeah. new photo of him and yeah. he he sent it along very 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 uh quickly uh david what what do you have coming up on
1: the site um, yeah i'm starting to plan our uh our season preview so i'm i'm piecing that together um, our thoughts on the team it's probably not going to drop till Saturday or Sunday, to be honest, but starting to put together a plan. Uh, you'll be included in that plan, Andrew. So I haven't told you yet, <laughs> what I'm thinking, but just a little recruiting angle to include as well. Um, but yeah, you know, season's definitely getting here. Um, in a couple days, we will be a week away from game one. So, and, and today we get to talk to Rhett Lashley. So check out the website inside the U.com and We'll get. It. We'll provide all the updates. Rhett has to say about the offense with game one nearing. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next time. Take care.